Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and today we're talking to Cody Yerk, and he emailed me a few weeks ago about a brand new site, a brand new domain in the health niche that went from about zero, well, of course, zero uh, visitors when it started to about 15K visitors in like three to four months. It is um, a pretty interesting site. We'll actually be able to share it and reveal it and hear how Cody got this site started and some of his philosophies around uh, growing niche sites, creating them, and building a team of writers. So Cody, how's it going today? It's going good. It's going good. Glad to be on, Doug. It's very cool. And um, we potentially could have done this in person, but... um, we're not just because uh, convenience and all that stuff, but you're just down the road in Boulder, right? Yeah, just down the road in Boulder, Colorado. I actually thought about that last night. I had mentioned to a friend and he's like, oh, are you, are you driving over there? And I'm like, huh, we, we maybe could have done something like that. But uh, these days yeah. it's easier, uh, everything online. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, the studio is just right there. So technically it was possible. But yeah, for most of the time, I'll, I end up doing a lot of these remote and it's just a little more convenient, but maybe next time for the updates. So, well, let's, um, let's hear about your background a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know you that well. So, you know, what do you, what do you currently do? Are you working on sites full time? And then maybe you could tell us about like any previous work that you've done professionally in, uh, you know, in the past. Sure. Um, yeah, I currently I'm, I'm not full time. Um, I guess by day you would say I do, I'm a senior security analyst at a tech company, um, doing mostly it security for government, other big tech companies, things like that. Um, and then, yeah, by night, uh, everyone calls them niche sites these days. I, when I started, they were authority sites, we called them. <laughs> so I, I kind of stick with that. Um, but yeah, I, years ago I'd worked at a, a marketing a- agency, um, heading up their SEO department. And before that, I just kind of always had an interest with building websites online. Um, and that just transitioned into SEO. I took a break for a while and then, uh, about four months ago, decided to kind of jump back into this and approach it a bit differently. Cool. And then when was it when you started building, you know, quote authority sites? Um, I want to say 2009, 2010 was when I started. I, th- I was still in high school at the time. Um, and I had come across through a friend, someone that was making money in the affiliate marketing space. And it kind of piqued my interest. I had no idea what it was. And I, I got real into, there was a forum uh, back then. It's somewhat shuttered now, but uh, it was called Wicked Fire, um, okay. where people would talk about building these sites and monetization and things like that. Got it. Okay. Yeah. 2009. That's earlier. I thought you were going to say like 2016 or 17 or something like that. So, and I, I haven't even heard of that form that you're talking about. It's like, it predates, um, whatever, like warrior forum or the black hat, whatever. I yeah. A little, heard. a little smaller than those. Um, a, a little more niche, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was when those were big. Okay. And then, so you've you got into this stuff in, in high school. So did you have any sites back then that worked out for you? Any early successes? I did. Um, I sold a website with, um, who was it? It was FEI, Flipping Enterprises International. Um, and that was, I think, 39000 is what I exited for. And it was, I mean, I was 19 years old, so that I, I yeah. thought I was getting rich. Uh, turns yeah. out you can blow through that, <laughs> blow through <laughs> that very quickly uh, if you're not responsible. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But uh, yeah, I kind of started just with my interest. I, I had sites, several sites I've had in the IT security space around kind of uh, removing malware from your computers. I did a lot of affiliate deals with antivirus software and things like that. Got it. Pretty cool. And then, so you you got into IT security. So what, what um, degree, or if you went to college, what path did you go down to get into IT security? Uh, sure. I never went to college. Okay. Um, I, it purely, um, I think, you know, some people have it where it's just like, they want to figure things out. I for sure want to figure things out. I got my degree from Google, I guess you could say, sure. you know, and uh 
you know, just a, a curiosity to learn things. But, okay. uh, yeah, just kept building up more and more experience. I think there was crossover between the SEO and the security type of stuff. Cool. All right. So it sounded like you took a little break from niche sites from the early days. So um, when did you get back into it? And do you, do you have some other sites before we get into the one that we're focusing on today? Yeah. Um, you know, I always, I kind of uh, half-assed it, I, I, mm-hmm. I would say. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would build a site, I'd have an idea, I'd get real excited about it and kind of go at it for a month. And then I would sit and wait, which I think is a big problem that, you know, okay, let's see if this works or let's, let's just focus on this one keyword, you know, uh, best antivirus 2020. Um, and I, I think that was a big kind of problem with, with my approach. You know, I, I flipped them at a profit, nothing crazy, um, as far as selling them. And then I think four months ago, I just decided, let's approach this totally differently. Let's kind of build systems and let's see how big I could scale this. Um, and, and instead of setting goals where it's like, okay, well, let's rank for this and let's make, you know, a thousand dollars a month, $5,000 a month. Let's put requirements down. Like let's post one article per day, um, you know, and, and things like that. And I think from that, your goals start getting realized along the way. Perfect. Yeah. There's a book, by Scott Adams, the Dilbert creator called, I I always forget the exact name, how to fail at almost everything and still win big, something like that. Mm -hmm. But he talks about systems over goals. So you still have to come up with like some direction you're aiming in. You have to come up with a goal, but then you just translate it back into the system that you're talking about where it's not something where you look at the lagging indicator, the results, you're looking at the leading indicator you're trying to publish a lot of content or, you know, just have a system, create output, like ship consistently or whatever it is. And often it's easier to move forward because like you said, you're not doing some work and then waiting for the results. You're doing the work and the results usually follow if you're doing the right steps. So totally. Very cool. Okay. So four months ago, so you, you were dabbling, you would create some sites, you'd sell them. It was kind of fun. You're doing it in the evening away from your day job. And then you decided a few months ago, Hey, I'm going to let's, let's try something different. So it's in the health niche and you mentioned that you were willing to reveal the site. So if you want to mention it and then tell us why you wanted to aim in that uh, niche area, especially, you know, it's your money or your life, it sounds like you don't have the specific credentials in like the health area. So tell us about this site. Uh, Sure. Yeah. I've always liked creating sites. I'm sure most people it's like, they think about what do they like or what's their kind of interest currently um, and and kind of go after that because it's what, you know, Um, I recently, I had a few health scares, health issues and decided to kind of make some changes. I lost over like a hundred pounds um, since August. And so health has just been a big, big thing. And I'm like, you know, I, I think I could cover some of these topics a little better. And it's something that I'm researching and looking at every day. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I jumped into it. There's was definitely pros and cons to choosing the health niche. What I've definitely learned is you can be successful in whatever area you choose. Um, I don't think people should let that be a barrier for, starting you could pick anything and and see success um but yeah i started the website may 1st i launched it i believe lindyhealth.com uh l-i-n-d-y dot health.com um and you know i my my thing is i like to build sites that are very like legitimate a lot of people will just grab kind of a blog theme and just start throwing articles up, um, you know, and they're, they're all the latest articles are just pulled into the homepage. I like to kind of build like this, a service around them, a real company around them. Um, I always grab an address. I rent an address in town, um, phone numbers through like the premium Google voice or, you know, wh- whatever you want. Um, and I, I kind of built a service around the idea that I would refer people that are looking to build teams um, to kind of 
change their lifestyle as far as health or, or get improvements because I had built this team personally of, I found a nutritionist, I found a personal trainer and I'm like, Hmm, th- there was nothing really out there that provided all of those, um, kind of as a package. So I'm like, well, that, would that be a great business idea? Um, and it started as that. And then I got back into watching the podcasts and some videos on SEO, you, uh, yourself, niche pursuits, um, a little bit of niche website builders. Um, so I started kind of going, going at the blog there and adding more and more content. And that quickly took over after a month is like, okay, this, this is kind of the main business outside of the, the front end of it. Um, and yeah, got it. Well, congrats on losing that weight. So in about a year, you lost a hundred pounds. Is that what you said? Yeah. About nine months. Holy shit. That's crazy, man. (laughs) Like, um, can you just talk about the process a little bit? I mean, it must have been like, it felt like an insurmountable task in the beginning, I guess. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, number one, which is hard to do in Colorado. Sometimes I quit drinking totally. Um, which is a lot of empty calories. And uh, outside of that, just tracking what I'm eating and then not eating anything processed. So, you know, meat, vegetables. And it was really as easy as that. It, it melted off. Um, really? Yeah. Which, you know, there, there's some crossover to SEO where yeah. it's like, it's very simple to do. And people overcomplicate, you know, the living hell out of it. But if you just do these few simple things every day, you can, you can get there. No problem. Very interesting. Yeah. It is tough to not drink. And I just listened to, um, Andrew Huberman. Do you listen to that podcast Huberman lab? Uh, no, I'm not sure if I listened to that one. I'll have to add it to the list. So it's, uh, it's a very nerdy podcast. This guy is a neuroscientist. His podcasts are pretty much like lectures that he gives. So it's extremely dense any fact that he mentions has like multiple references to journal studies. But anyway, he was talking about basically how bad alcohol is. Like it's literally a poison to your body, <laughs> to most of the cells in your body and just all, all these awful things. There's a couple benefits, but it's, it's very small. So <laughs> right. it is, uh, I, I am exploring my drinking or my relationship with drinking alcohol just because it is such a, it's like a neg. It's a very. Ne- it can be a very negative thing. There's some positives, mostly social, but man, totally, it'll be tough. So, congrats on all that stuff. And going back to the site, so you realized, hey, you put together this team that helped you get things back in order, lose the weight, get healthy, and you didn't see that service out there. So that is that the main monetization of the site. Um, that was the goal. But no, it's not the main monetization of the site. It, the main monetization came back to the standard um, where it is uh, affiliate deals is the majority of it for, for specific products. Some of that's through affiliate networks. Some of that's direct deals with the brands. Um, a little bit of display, which I've actually I've reverted to AdSense now. Um, I was turned down by a Zoic. It turns out they're not big on the health space, which I didn't know or think about. Um, and, and and for all these years, I never did really any display. I saw such, I think a better return with the affiliate type of monetization method, but kind of with this being more of an informational approach, it's a little bit harder to monetize, uh, when there's kind of no buyer intent from the keywords. Um, so, so I'm starting kind of with the display, and AdSense, right now, I have a couple pages that are doing like eight, $8 RPMs, which I, th- I think is decent for AdSense. I don't know. Sure. Um, some lower than that. So, you know, it, it's something I don't know if I'm going to continue with the display. What I do like about it is I, I'm always looking at who's advertising on my site through AdSense or, you know, through the display network. And then I just go out and find um, affiliate deals that are maybe a little bit more targeted than those ads. And then I'm running ads for free, um, you know. Got it. And, you know, if, if you get like kind of one or two sales, that's often more than the display revenue for that page. 
Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Otis Global. That's O-D-Y-S, the source for premium age domains with strong branding and powerful backlinks. The featured domain for today is missionvisual.com. And it was a site that offered wedding videography. And it was run by two photographers who, uh, I guess, teamed up to offer the service. So they were photographers, videographers, created back in 2003. So... That's pretty old, 19 years old, domain rating of 16, domain authority of 22. And this has uh, some really good opportunities. So number one, like right off the bat, I'm thinking about, you know, what the site was before, videographer and photography for weddings, which is a pretty high end service. You potentially could put a directory together of videographers and people that offer wedding uh you know, photography and video services by region, by state, by county, whatever. And you actually could do a lot of outreach that way. It could serve, you know, number one is a directory that's premium so that people could run ads on there, right, to be placed in a favorable position. But it also gives you the opportunity to reach out to those individuals who have websites and they potentially could, uh, link back to your site, which is very cool. Additionally, you can have interviews with those people, just text-based interviews. You can uh, simply feature them again to get a little bit of sharing over on the outreach section of the house on social media and stuff like that. As far as monetization, you, you know, you could do the directory kind of idea. You also could actually have a lead generation situation where you you send leads over to videographers and that kind of thing. You could have uh, courses that you are an affiliate for, for uh, education around the profession. And you also could have reviews for the products. I'm a big camera geek. I just bought a couple other lenses recently and I love the shit. So really the sky's the limit. You have the opportunity to monetize with the traditional, you know, uh, display ads, monetization with uh, informational content, how-to content. You could do affiliate reviews with products and you could also do um, the directory. You can have digital products as well. And those are the courses that you can offer up. In fact, I just purchased a couple of photography courses because I want to do a little bit better job with uh, like headshots and portrait photography. So I could ramble on a whole show about this. So I will stop here and just give a shout out to Otis. Motion Visual is one to check out. 60 referring domains, 50 of them are do follow. You have uh, some pretty high end. You got stylemepretty.com, weddingchicks.com, expertise.com, uh, modwedding.com, and many more. You can join Otis using my affiliate link and get $100 into your account. If you purchase something, I might get a commission, which I greatly appreciate. So let's get back to the interview with Cody. So, and when you take a look at the ads that are running on a specific page, do you do anything special, like go to an incognito window or use a VPN to see, you know, what another user might see or any, any special things you have to do? I probably should do more as far as like, you know, using a VPN and stuff. Um, I'll, I'll use an incognito browser for sure. Um, that's not logged into any of my Google accounts, but I know they still do some form of targeting, but you can kind of get some, some general ideas um, of, because I have some pages where I'm like, I have no idea how I would monetize this, <laughs> you know, yeah. what's related to it. But then, you know, you, you get a couple ideas. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And you mentioned Ezoic doesn't deal with the uh, health related uh, sites. Do you know if some of the other display networks do? Um, yes, I've seen, I think it's ad thrive, um, that, that does do them. I looked through their, um, it's been mentioned a few times, but they have their advertising list as like a JSON file, um, where it shows all of the publishers or publisher file rather, but all the publishers on ad thrive. And there are definitely some health websites on there. So that's something I'm going to look at once I hit, is it 25 or 50,000? Um, organics. Yeah. Just to kind of see, 
see what that looks like. Um, sure. Yeah. Okay. And you mentioned the initial idea was the service. And I guess there are uh, different coaches and professionals that you can uh, set up with people. And these days they could probably be anywhere in the country or the world and they have zoom calls and they get coaching yep. remotely. So do you think that can be a route in the future, even though, you know, it's, I mean, your blog is still pretty young. So how do you, how do you feel about it? Do you think you'll be able to do, develop that area? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people in the health space, um, not, not necessarily the online health space. Um, but as far as setting up deals with them, I, I think that's for sure possible. Um, but something I, I am looking at is kind of, you know, what's my bandwidth? Do I have the amount of time and kind of headspace to fully focus on that? Or am I better off just kind of sticking with the affiliate slash display model, um, you know, and, and scaling these websites up? So it's, it's kind of up for debate, but, you know, I, I am leaving it there um, as part of the website. And, you know, hopefully I can just kind of again, kind of build out a system uh, for those leads that I get where I could just, you know, charge per lead or something like that um, and sell that as a nice package. So yeah, we'll see. Are you able to share the revenue of the site, which it's okay if you don't, because you did tell us what the site is. So I don't want to put you in a position where it, it makes the site vulnerable, but if you want to share anything, now's, now's the time. Sure. Yeah. In the last 30 days, I'm at just under uh, $1,700. Okay. Which the majority of that is from um, affiliate deals, like I said, um, a few in a specific area that, you know, if you want to, if anyone out there wants to dig in far enough, they might be able to, uh, to tell, but I, you know, I don't want to just throw that out there. Sure. The specific products. Got it. So the site's about four months old and you hit 1700 bucks basically. Yeah. Awesome. That's very good. Obviously, uh, ahead of the curve for what, you know, we hear from a lot of people, but I think it's, it's worth it to point out, Cody, like you've been building sites for a lot of years and you, you knew what you were doing. You kind of know what to expect and you know, a lot of things that don't work, you know, a lot of things that do work, but congratulations. That's a great trajectory. Yeah. And part of that, part of that is, is luck. Um, but I, but I also believe a lot of luck is putting yourself in the position to be lucky as far as, you know, yeah. I had a few keywords that ended up where people are buying these, some products that are high dollar amount per sale. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really looking to the future to, to growing it into, you know, a much bigger, bigger website. Perfect transition. So let's talk about keyword uh, research here. So what was your approach there, um, in general? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, my, my approach has always been find the low hanging fruit, you know, which I think a lot, a lot of people say, and it's kind of the first obvious thing to do. Um, you know, let's, let's find some keywords that have good volume, low competition, um, and go after them. But like how, as far as, you know, how do you actually do that? Um, I, I'll look at a lot of my competitors and that's kind of on a per keyword uh, topic cluster basis uh, because, you know, who are your competitors? That's a harder question, I think, than it first appears to be. Uh, but I'll look, you know, okay, who's ranking with me in these keywords? Let's throw their domain into SEMrush and let's see uh, what what keywords they're looking for. And then usually I'll search on like keyword difficulty, um, which is not, it's not a hundred percent. It's not even a great indicator most of the times, but it gives you kind of a baseline of, okay, there's a lot of search volume here, low difficulty. And then let's look at the actual Google uh, search page for that keyword. Who's ranking there is Healthline at the top. If Healthline's there, if it's a bunch of uh, Mayo clinic and government websites or university websites, I stay out of it, um, you know, and then I like like unintentional rankings where somebody will be in the top like three positions, top five positions for a keyword that they're not targeting. 
in an article. Um, and you see that uh, you see a lot of that. And then I'll go and just make an article that specifically targets that keyword, um, you know, lengthy, in-depth, clear, and uh, can kind of pick off some keywords that way. But you never know. The ba- I mean, the, this whole game is testing. And you might have an idea. You might see, okay, based on my research, this is a good way to go. You have to keep throwing things at the wall and just going scaling up, up, and up. And it's never what you expect. People say it all the time. It'll be, you know, some crappy article that you think will never rank. And you're just kind of trying to do the work day in and day out and fill up your keyword planner or your content planner. And it ends up ranking and you're getting, you know, 500 visits a day or something for, you know, in in the search volume showing 200 a month um, from Google. So you never know. Totally. Very good. And anything else keyword wise? um, Yeah. Okay. I guess another part of that, you know, with my whole theme of how can we build repeatable processes? um, It's, so I'll find like, uh, I can give an example of this um, for this other website that I've started um, around uh, kind of the DIY 3D printed. um, I don't even know if I want to hit on it exactly, but laws regarding um, a certain type of item. So you, you find a a general topic, like let's look at, um, you know, say uh, trying to think of something good for YouTube here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you don't have to give a specific example that you're working on, of course, but yeah, if you genericize it, that could be good. Okay. Yeah. I I guess a better one from the Lindy health side of things. It's, it was kind of like, how can I find articles and keywords that I can continue to go after? And it's kind of easy to, to go to scale up with it. So one I did was uh, profiles of different bodybuilders or crossfitters or Instagram influencers. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have seen those like net worth websites, you know, where you look up uh, what's Bruce Willis's net worth, you know, tons of search volume. And it's some, you know, automated scraper site um, that's ranking for all those. But I just kind of do it for, for kind of niche down a little bit for my industry. So like bodybuilders and CrossFitters, health type people. Um, And then, you know, I I can build out like a standard operating procedures. So I want you to answer all of these questions. And here's how you grab the Google auto suggest keywords. Here's how you grab um, the FAQs from that Google search page. Um, So I could just send that to writers and they could come up with a great article that's hitting all of those unique keywords for that person. And, uh, you know, and, and those are really easy to find because, you know, I just look up who, you know, who are all these different people that have some influence in the space that people want to know about. And you can kind of scale up that way instead of trying to find a whole new topic, a new keyword, who's going to buy on this? Is there competition? You know, um, right. It makes it easier. Cool. And I'll throw in another example and you could tell me if I have the right idea, Cody. So I always give examples with cameras cause there's lenses and I'm looking into a camera right now. So how to take a picture of a baby, a dog, a cat, the stars, like fill in the blank, like product, photos, guitars, whatever. So is that the same kind of idea where you get a theme and then you could kind of scale it and it, you know, find 80 keywords on that one thing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that's, that's totally it. Um, you know, it's nice if you can kind of make it to where they're each more different. I don't know. I get a little nervous sometimes about too templated of, of stuff, uh, but it's finding that sweet spot and it's finding what works for you. And, uh, you know, sure. it is, as far as saying that I would say never don't not do something because you're scared of Google, uh, I right. think it's better better to pump stuff out than to be like, oh, I don't know what Google thinks about this. You got to test. Yep. And, you know, the week that we're recording this, it is um, when Google's rolling out the helpful content update. So I've, I've said this for a few years, luckily, where like if, if we have a question that's kind of complicated with SEO, you have three or four options, like which one do you do? 
Like if you just forget about the SEO for a second and just like think about the visitor, what they're looking for, how to solve their problem, go with that. And then like you're saying, just test it, see what happens. If you think of the visitor, like it's either going to work out. If Google doesn't like it, at least it makes sense from like that searcher standpoint, you're answering their question and maybe Google will catch up with it later, but you're thinking of the visitor, which is what, I mean, that's what Google wants us to do anyway. So any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you have to just keep moving and, you know, I, I think a lot of people that are talking about, you know, the Google updates constantly, it's, you know, a, there's either a profit motive there, you know, that's their job. They cover SEO news and what's trending. Um, and, you know, the other people I think are people that don't even necessarily have websites and that are using this as some mental blocker of maybe I shouldn't start in this niche. Maybe I shouldn't do this because of Google. You know, it's like uh, saying, I want to run a marathon. I want to become a runner, but I don't know if I want to go outside today because there's a lot of buses out, you know, I might get hit by one. <laughs> you you, you got to go for it. And yeah, it, it shouldn't affect kind of the way you do things. As long as you're not, you know, doing clearly black hat, spam, garbage. Right. I think you'll be fine. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm guilty. I, I was going to do a live stream yesterday and I changed my topic. And I was like, I'm just going to talk about something that we don't know any, like none of us know anything about the update that was rolling out. But I, you know, that's what people want to hear about. And um, yeah, I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the media. <laughs> Apparently, no, I'm, I'm not so. trying to bag on you at all. Um, <laughs> no, no, but, no. You're, I, I, as I was doing it, I was like, ah, fuck. Yeah, like people people want to talk about this. So I was like, I actually just read the document that Google published. So I just read that and then gave my thoughts on it, which is largely um, useless, but people <laughs> wanted to hear about it. So. Yeah, I mean, if you're giving it your effort to yeah. create, you know, good content, you you shouldn't have a problem. And the, the people that are going to have a problem, you know, in those more black hat kind of auto-generated content or link spam or, you know, anything like that, they know what they're doing <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, they know what's coming down and it's usually a churn and burn situation where it's, you know, they're, they're going to keep exploiting the algorithm and they expect to get hit. Let's move on to content. So are you writing this yourself? Do you have a content team? Yeah, I started that way. My, uh, requirement and set a goal, if you will, was to put out one post per day. Um, you know, one to 2000 words, arbitrary number, doesn't really matter. Uh, but, but that's what I set. And then I was like, okay. And if I decide not to write a post, because there's some days where it's like, you know, you're busy, you just can't get to it. Um, or you're just burning out a little bit, then I would outsource it. Um, and very quickly, you know, I remembered how much I hate writing. I don't like writing at all for being in the, <laughs> in the content game. Um, so I had to outsource it and I, you know, I've, I've done everything under the sun from content agencies to writing it myself to, uh, using code to auto-generate kind of programmatic SEO type stuff, um, with auto-generated content. And then, you know, I've done a lot of Upwork and Upwork's what I've been doing now and what I've been sticking with and, I realize, you know, there, there's all of these options out there, but what matters is the system um, that you build. And, and that's kind of what I built around Upwork and a few other things to make it. So I'm always hiring writers because writers are going to come, writers are going to go. Um, and I, I don't have the budget to employ writers full time, um, which I love to do at some point. But, you know, at this point I'm paying per article. So I have to kind of have a good Rolodex of writers um, that I can assign content to. How much are you paying your writers? So what I do is I start with um, the interview is super important when you're hiring writers um, or interview questions rather. So I'll create a job post in Upwork um, saying, you know, I talk about the exact niche that I'm in, the blog that I'm in, kind of sell it a little bit. Uh, you know, make it enticing. And then with the, you can put in like required questions. So I'll ask, um, how much do you charge per thousand words? Again, that's kind of an, an arbitrary amount, but it lets 
them give kind of what they want. Um, and then I also asked them a question about my niche that's hard to Google. Um, so I can, that way you can tell how good are their research skills um, are, and are they kind of just, you know, putting fluff into content or are they able to figure something out and write, you know, even just two sentences, you can kind of tell. Um, so, yeah, I'm paying probably on, on average between, I, I guess it goes from 15 to $70 per article, which is quite a range, but I assign certain writers, certain topics. Some are a lot more difficult to write about. Um, and require a little bit of expertise. Some are easy, like those profile articles that I was talking about. Um, but it is surprising. Some of, some of the lowest cost writers that I've found are better than the ones that are seventy to one hundred dollars per article. So you just never know. You you got to again. You test the you're testing the writer to see how they do when you throw them that test article. Some are awesome. Some are like you know I could pay you an extra five or ten bucks, no problem, right here. Or you know in the future you could bump them up to kind of retain them. Um, but I always keep the pipeline flowing. I'll put up a new post every one to two weeks where I'm getting new writers in, sending out new test articles, um, and then I have a master database or list in Notion of my writers, and I'll put it. I have a notes field, um, a cost field of how much they are. If they're currently working on an article, I have a checkbox. So I kind of know who do I have available, who's working. Um, and I just keep building that list. Perfect. And how many writers do you want to have on the roster at a given time? So like you said, you're constantly hiring, which I think is great. That's the nature of freelance contract work. People come and go. So yeah, how many people ideally do you have on the roster? Um, you know, I would say having at least five is good. You know, they all work at different paces and speeds. Five is kind of like a, as a minimum to this system that I'm talking about. Wh what I'm trying to get to is where the only kind of um, choke point is the amount of cash I could inject into this. So the more money I make, I'm putting it all right back into the site. The more writers I could have on that roster the more content I could push out faster. Um, and then I'm also categorizing the writers based on some other websites that I've been testing out starting. I like to, I call it like preheating the Google oven. So I'll start a couple websites and I'm just throwing up um, probably 15 to 20 posts just to let Google start building a little trust with them. And uh, you know, that's been interesting because I see some that are like grabbing traction really quickly. Some aren't. And the issues become apparent. You're like, how am I going to monetize this? You know, and then so you know, about, you know, nine months, a year in the future or whatever, I could have a few sites that I know are, are primed and ready to go. How many articles are on the site currently? Um, I think it's 125. Okay. 125. And, go ahead. Yeah. So just under four months. So that's over the one a day that I've been trying to hit. And that's kind of fluctuated where I'm a little bit behind or I'm a little bit ahead. But, I, you know, again, it's just an arbitrary number. But I, I feel like doing one a day when I when I get to a year, you know, and, and I'm close to 400 articles, that's it's going to be a good amount of traffic. And, you know, I'm going to kind of know where I can take this to. Cool. And because of the way that you're reinvesting the profits are most of the articles that you publish kind of new of the 125 and they haven't even aged at all yet or like have you been growing the amount that you're publishing because you have more to invest um yes and no i probably to some degree um but but it stayed pretty average at one one per day, I would say, or, or something like that. You know, like I said, sometimes I get a little behind and then I do a bunch okay. in a row. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about formatting the content. You talked about writers a little bit. Um, have you been doing all of the, you know, drafting and adding the links and the subheadings or do the writers do that? How, how does that whole process go? Sure. So that, that became the next kind of issue that I ran up against. Um, 
for scaling was the formatting because I would get back, you know, five articles, 10 articles at a time. And I'm sitting there in the morning, like, Oh my God, like this is going (laughs) to take forever to grind this out. And it's not the most fun, you know, respacing articles because all, all the writers have different methodologies, different ways of writing. I'm constantly kind of, you know, training with tips and feedback. Um, but it takes a while to get there to where they're really giving me something I can nearly hit publish on. Um, so I, I hired a formatter who was one of my writers. Um, and again, kind of tried to build a system around that, like really clear templates in, in notion again, um, where it's was a checklist of, of kind of what needed to be done as far as like paragraphs should only be one to three sentences, you know, so they look good on mobile and, you know, they're good for kind of a blog post um, to internal links, um, kind of showing them how to use, like they're called Google dorks or Google site operator. So you could search like site colon lindyhealth.com. Um, and then the general topic of what that article is, and it'll Google will return links relevant to that keyword that are just my website. Um, so, so just easy ways for, for non SEO people like, like the formatter to kind of figure that out. And then, with the health niche, especially external links, um, I have to be careful with um, as far as who, who am I linking out to about this information. So I only let them use sources that are .edu, .gov, um, 100% non-commercial sources, which also takes care of it, um, not linking to competitors because mm-hmm. you know any of the real competitors are commercial um, for me, but. Yeah, so so I, I've kind of built that out, and I've had I have some of the other writers transitioning to doing the formatting as well, um, and I just like you know, like I was saying, I like to look at this kind of like um, a whole a whole system where I put cash in at the top that goes to the writers, um, it gets written, it goes to the formatters who format, gets added to the correct you know to the to the blog, to whether it's Lindy health or one of the other ones. Um, and then I hit publish and then my, my job is keyword research. So, you know, one, once or twice a week, I'm, I'm filling up that content planner with all of the keywords or topics. Um, and then it's, it's also kind of, it's also link building, um, and overall strategy monetization. I'll go through and, you know, look, look at the top posts over the last rolling 30 days, and, you know, think about where, where's the monetization on this post? Can it be affiliate versus just the Google AdSense? Um, and things like that, you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be kind of a, a chess game where you're trying to kind of, you know, build your own little personal army, um, and direct it in a certain direction, which I guess is business. You know, I, I wanted to get into all of this because I hated the corporate world and business right. and a job. Um, and now I'm trying to run this like a project manager, yeah. <laughs> which is, it's funny looking back at, but yeah, it's what works. So, and I like exactly what you did. That's what I've done in the past where you have a, a pool of writers. Someone is doing a good job. They've worked with you a little longer. They kind of get what you're doing. You can promote them from within and then it's it's more variety too because writing day in and day out i mean that's going to get boring that's why the writers get burned out and they they drop off so you can reward your your best writers or um people that basically can save you a bunch of time so i i was able to save a huge amount of time the person that I actually hired to do the formatting and such, they did a better job than me and they did it faster. And it was like a no brainer to move forward with that. So really like that kind of, uh, you know, train them by writing, work with them a little while and then promote them. And then, you know, it's variety for them. It's like a promotion for them. So, yeah. Yeah. And then automation too, on the formatting side, I've kind of built into it. Um, like automations with Photoshop where I have like for images, for example, I have like a nice template um, that'll have my logo and kind of somewhat of a frame around it with the brand colors. Um, Just little things like that, that make you look a little more professional, a little more authoritative, I think are important. Um, But I have where, 
the formatter can just grab images and throw them into a folder and run. Um, it's called uh, bash, but like a bash script, which is just mm. like a scripting language um, that works on Mac and <clears throat> it will um, add the image to the template and then it will we'll compress the image um, and then they go through and rename them, upload them. There's an awesome tool um, for WordPress or plugin rather. It's like auto image optimization where it will strip out the hyphens in the file name of the image and add that as alt text and title um, automatically. And you, I'm surprised how much it adds up the smallest things of like, okay, I need to type in the alt text real quick or even copy and paste it from the image name into WordPress. That adds up over, you know, five to 10 images per article um, or even oh, yeah. just having to hit center on the image, you know, in WordPress, you can have it automatically do that. Got it. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Anything else uh, content wise or formatting wise? Uh, yeah, formatting why, you know, again, with the theme of monetization, I've been looking at, uh, where else can I make money, not only from the sites, but also with what I'm, um, doing to run those sites. Uh, so recently, uh, me and a buddy have built out a service for the formatting, uh, formatter.io, F-O-R-M, uh, A-T-R.io. And I'm just using, I, because it's hard to keep the formatter busy, uh, the entire day we've been, in, uh, kind of selling that as a bit of a service too. So, you know, you get back, people get back junk articles, not junk articles, but walls of text, um, as, as I'm sure we've all gotten and they go through internal links, external links, space out the paragraphs, um, optimization as far as on page and, uh, yeah, we've been seeing a bit of success with that. So we'll see where that goes. Cool. Yeah, we'll link up to that if people are interested. It's one of those things that people should do, but they, they don't want to let go of it. So Cody, did you have any trouble letting go of the control of formatting everything? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge control freak. Um, <laughs> so, you know, on every step along the way, it, it's been hard, but it is so much better to have an article live on the website than sitting in a draft. It's doing nothing there. It's every day. It's not published. That's another day. Google's not building some kind of trust with it or, uh, you know, it's settling where it should be as far as rankings go. So, you know, for some things, even if they're not perfect or I'm not totally happy with it, I still hit publish and I'll go back and, and add to it or fix it later. Um, it's just, it's all about momentum, I think. Yeah, that's a great point. And once people do let go of control a little bit, they have a little more free time, but people are perfectionists or they, they say they are perfectionist and it's like an excuse to not, to not outsource totally. certain things. So, yeah. And it's crazy what people don't see, you know, you think like, Oh, I need this font adjusted or I need this image a little bit over here. People don't see 99% of that stuff. It's yourself looking at it. You've been staring at it too long. Stop yeah. staring at it. It published. Totally. All right. Let's talk about link building a little bit here. Have you done much link building? Like what's your approach? Yeah, I've done a lot of link building over the years. Um, less so now trying to go kind of with this classic big brand authority type of type of uh, kind of method. Um, but I started with the first dollar I made online was reselling logo design from a Fiverr provider that would build, you know, make a logo for five bucks. And this was way back in the day. And I was uh, sending a bunch of spam links, web 2.0s, all kinds of garbage. And I ranked for cheap logo design for about four days <laughs> at the top of Google. Um, and that kind of opened, that was part of my kind of start in SEO, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And I was kind of always interested in, in the more gray or black hat areas. Um, but it's not sustainable, obviously, especially these days. Um, it might be doable, but it, it's definitely not sustainable. So now I've been looking, um, well, I have been more of, surprisingly, calculators do really well in the health space. So very specific calculators for like, uh, a certain diet macronutrient calculators. Like, so how much of this certain like protein and fat people should be getting or uh, just different 
different kinds of calculators for different situations. And those rank pretty quickly because not a lot of people kind of build those out. Um, and a lot of people like to link to them. And I thought people always just said that, you know, build something useful and people will link to it and just kind of assumed it BS, you know, that's, I'm like, that's just too much work. Um, but it was super easy. There's like a plugin for WordPress where you could kind of just put in the math. Um, so I had to just pull out my, my algebra skills that were not totally there, but uh, it was easy enough to build. And, uh, I, yeah, I've seen success with that. Um, I've actually heard, heard it mentioned before. I, I thought I had come up with it, but no, but the reverse Haro method, um, I was using that for a while where I would just ask people for quotes and that would kind of help twofold. One, they would, I would almost three, I would get authoritative sources, um, talking in an article, especially in the health area, you know, so I get nutritionists or trainers giving their little quote. Um, it's adding content to my articles for free. And then also people love to share their work. So when it gets published, they share on social. I've been added into a ton of like people will have an as seen in or press uh, mm -hmm. page on their website and, and they'll add, add me into it because I mentioned them. Um, so that's been cool. And the other thing is you have to keep your eyes open. Um, I've learned so many cool tricks from actually looking at people that cold email me uh, things, which is just surprising. You know, people think cold email, oh, it's spam. You know, someone just emailing you out of the blue. But some of like the most creative and best marketing is jammed into those uh, emails. You know, <laughs> people yeah. are able to get some success with that. So someone had emailed me saying, hey, we, we love your website. We love your business. Um, we would love to do a short interview with you. You know, and my interest has peaked. And, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, we'll provide a link to you, cover your business. I'm like, sounds cool. And, you know, this was fully automated. And they sent me a link to a Google form that I then filled out with my images about my business, answering a few questions which I did. And then that would auto post, um, onto their website with a link back to me, which, you know, I of course went and shared. So similar to the Haro method. Um, and it created a post for them, you know, that's relevant. It's not necessarily, uh, you know, uh, buyer intent type stuff, but people now, when you search my business, one of those links comes up on, you know, the first 10 results and they're not writing any content, um, you know, and, and I'm linking back in that way. So I went, I built out the same exact process myself. Um, I have a VA collect, you know, every nutritionist from say Denver, Chicago, New York, you know, wh whatever towns. Um, and I use hunter.io, uh, for outreach, but I, but I add all of those emails in there. It sends out an email, you know, saying, Hey, we want to cover them. Um, and then comes back, I got the content, boom, send it back another email saying, you know, if you'd like to share or whatever, here it is. Um, but, but things like that, I, I think are great where it's, you're kind of helping other people and in turn, they help you. Um, sometimes it feels more nefarious than that, I guess, but, but I think in the end, um, it's not, you know, it, it, it's just kind of, uh, sharing things back and forth. Got it. Yeah, the reverse Haro methods is pretty cool. I, I do cover that in my Haro course, but I'm sure if there's other courses out there, it's probably in there too. Because once you get into the mechanics of Haro, it's like, oh, this is another thing I should try anyway. But yeah, it could totally work out and you end up, you know, in a funny way, if you do put the information for your site, you end up getting a lot of traffic to wherever you direct people. So it's right. an interesting thing. You don't have to put your website in there, but you're like, hey, it's going to fit in here. There's always rules on Haro, but I did I did this a couple of times and traffic would spike to certain pages if I was like, uh, your quote's going to go here, something like yeah. that. Yeah, totally. And, it, and then I think, you know, a lot of people don't talk about it or don't do it, but as far as, uh, you know, not, not for this site, uh, <laughs> necessarily, but test 
test people that are selling links, you know, have some other kind of whatever throwaway projects on the side. It's surprising the quality of links you could find out there. Um, you know, whether it's in forums or certain marketplaces, you know, nine out of 10, they're going to be pretty garbage uh, when you see things like niche edits or guest posts or whatever. But I have found some like serious gold in there. And then, you know, from using those on, you know, say these test websites or on tier twos where it's links linking to me, you know, so it's a little bit safer and then, okay, these links are really good. Then you can kind of send it towards your main, your main site. Um, is there a risk involved with that? Sure. Um, everyone's going to kind of calculate it themselves. Um, but I, I just love seeing what happens, trying things out, poking the bear, if you will. <laughs> so as we're, uh, winding down, are there any mistakes, um, particularly from this last project, this main website that we're talking about right now, but if you have other fun mistake stories, feel free to share. <laughs> Yeah, uh, nothing from this project. It's it's all been going pretty good. You know what? I will say I'm not 100% happy that I went down the health rabbit hole necessarily um, because of monetization. Traffic, surprisingly easy to get a hold of, it seems. You know, I, I'm on track to do uh, 15K organics this month, all from Google, and, and that's doubling every month so far. Who knows how long that'll continue but it's it, it's a little harder to monetize um i think it's a lot of informational searches versus purchasers but maybe i just haven't cracked it yet and got to figure that out and uh yeah as far as past mistakes um the sitting and waiting the not doing the action you know as outside of my notion kind of management and planning i use todoist you know you could use a pen and paper but I have action items every day that I do regardless um, before I go to bed, whether that's an article, whether that's more keyword research, assigning articles. Um, you got to kind of get that done. And then um, just a, a fun story to pepper in there. I think I throw it into the email I sent to you. But uh, when I when I had first started and I was kind of, you know, getting involved with this link spam, spam type stuff and there was some software called uh, GSA Search Engine Ranker back in the day, um, building a lot of low quality crap links, you know, um, and uh, when I when I was ranking for the, the cheap logo design and, and, and things like that, I woke up one day and I got an email, you know, all caps uh, notice, you know, server deactivated um something you know and i went and read it and it's it was from the like canadian federal government and they had seized all of the servers at this uh whatever server warehouse uh, data center um be because of all the spam nothing ever came of it uh oh, wow. outside of that and you know i don't think anything was against the law per se outside of google stuff and it, it was probably something else going on but uh yeah wasn't happy that morning. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah. All those, uh, those tools were very popular for a little while. And I guess maybe some people still use them a little bit, but, uh, yeah, you know, know, it's all, it's how you use them. I think, you know, and most of them are not applicable anymore, but it, I think it's always kind of been, how do you use these, uh, tools? And how has this uh, success with this website in such a short time period, again, 1700 bucks in the last 30 days, the site's only four months old, how has it impacted your life? Um, yeah, I mean, that's hard to say. I have like a super, you know, part of the reason I, I cut out the drinking and, and, and did the health thing, I just have a super addictive personality and tend to go a little too hard on, on certain things. And I've kind of redirected that into building, you know, this website, um, other websites like it. So, you know, is it like, especially with my day job, is it like, Oh, I'm making this extra side money. That's, I, it's not about that necessarily for me. It's like the game, like this is the greatest video game out there where the points are real dollars. And, you mm -hmm. know, you kind of, you're building this team of writers and you're leveling up. Um, so it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm hooked. Um, and it's, you know, I don't know, I probably need to find more of a balance, you know, like, like a lot of people do between staring at a computer 18 hours a day and getting outside and running around in the mountains, which I should be doing living yeah. in them. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a process. 
Right on. Well, you gave a lot of tips and, you know, just general advice, but do you have any other advice, any, you know, want to put a bow on it or anything like that or restate anything to help people out replicate the success of this particular site? Sure. Um, don't overcomplicate things, you know, and uh, I think a lot of people like reading, a lot of people like listening. I, I love it personally. Um, I do a lot of road trips, so I'll, you know, sit there and listen to to SEO podcasts and stuff like that. Um, but I think instead of reading and trying to find kind of the next hack or trick or whatever, um, work on your system, build your system. If you're feeling that itch where it's like, yeah, I don't want to write right now or produce content, um, build that system. Um, that, but you know, and set an arbitrary goal, like uh, article every day, an article every other day. Um, and then see where you land in four months, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty so surprised at, at how well it all worked out. Don't overcomplicate things. Do it <laughs> like Nike. <laughs> Great advice. So people can, you know, check out the site, like we mentioned before and, um, yeah, lindyhealth.com. Um, and also my, my kind of template system for notion is pretty extensive, um, so I just stripped out kind of the private information and made it into a template and you can go grab that at the, uh, the, the formatting website that I have of formatter.io. I, I think they'll go throw it in the description, but you can, uh, download that template there. And that's something I use every single day for managing, uh, four websites now and, you know, pumping out a ton of content and you can't just hire writers, um, and be sending out orders and getting them back. You, you, you really have to have a bird's eye view of the entire board um, or else you're going to get lost, overwhelmed, and then get nothing done. It can be stressful. Yeah. And for, for people totally. that don't know, uh, what is Notion? Uh, Notion, what, what would you call Notion? It's kind of a project management, but it could kind of be used for anything. Um, I use it kind of like the, I think it's called Kanban board or, or it's like a Trello board. If you know Trello, I used to use that notion just a little cleaner, but I can like, you know, I have topics ready to go. I have what's outsourced. I have what's being optimized. And then in done, it's every article that's published. Um, and then kind of within those cards of say an article, I'll have who's the writer that's working on it is a nice drop down box. You just pick, pick whichever writer you have working or writing agency um, the word count and the type of topic. So like best of, or this is informational, um, or this is a review. And then you can also, um, there's a field in there for the topic cluster. So I'll set up like topic clusters, um, whether it's like testosterone replacement therapy, bodybuilding, nutrition, diet. And then I can, you can go in with all these different views and see, okay, I have this much in this topic cluster, this writer's done this much. And, uh, it, it really, it gives you that bird's eye view with that organization. Got it. Cool. Well, very good. And we'll link up to everything for you, Cody. And thanks cool. a lot. Thanks. We'll be you know, excited to track along and see where the site is in a few months. Awesome. Yeah. Great talking to you, Doug. Thanks. Be sure to check out Cody's site and all the stuff that we linked up to. It's been a couple weeks since I did the interview, so I don't remember the URLs, but I'm sure they're in the show notes and description and all that stuff. It's very cool to hear from people out in the field, starting sites in very competitive niches in places, right? In the health niche, your money or your life, where they, you know, common wisdom says they should not be able to compete. They should not be able to get traffic, especially in the short term. But if you listen to enough of these interviews, the approach is fairly straightforward. It's fairly simple. It's not easy. Each one of the individual steps might be fairly simple, but it doesn't mean it's easy. The super interesting thing is this happens all the time in various niches. We don't hear about them all the time, though. So I really appreciate the fact that Cody reached out to let me know and he was willing to share his site. 
And I mean, you heard the whole interview here, here. So like, you know, he put in time and effort and money and a lot of uh, experience and his background helped out. All that to say, it's very cool that Cody shared the story. If you have a story that you want to share as well, feedback at doug.show is the way to get in touch with me. If you have a uh, you know reasonable story that you want to share, you're not pitching anything. Um, I, I do get a lot of I get a lot of pitches out there. It's actually amazing at this point how many I get from the the two podcasts that I have. I guess it means some people are listening, or at least some people know how to send automated emails. And actually, now that I'm talking about it, I'll go on a little rant. I get pitch emails all the time for various stuff, not just the podcast, but various things. People will email me and reach out. And these uh, motherfuckers use the automated mail, uh, like follow-up sequences. There's a lot of products out there that do it. I'll get an email and I'll actually reply back in the affirmative. And I'll say, yeah, I want to get more information. And then these dumb people send the follow-ups like I never even replied. Hey, I just wanted to make sure you got my previous email. And again, this is a rant. So, you know, if kids are in the car, I should have told you before, but I'm like, what the fuck? What are you doing? I said, yes, I want to work with you, but it's clear that you're not detail oriented. I mean, I don't write all this back. This is what I think. I just delete the email after that, but it's clear that I don't want to work with them because they're automating stuff. They have no handle on what the fuck they're doing. And it's happened more than once. It's happened um, probably at least a dozen times. So now it's a little bit of a game. Now I'm just like, hey, sure, tell me more. And then I'll get those follow-up emails. So if you are running those follow-up emails or if you've hired someone to do this for you, you know, make sure that you are getting the replies because basically you just look like, a, you look like an idiot. You look like you have no clue what you're doing and uh, I don't want to work with you. I mean, uh, you know, we all have choices. Whoever you're emailing has choices. And if you, uh, if that's your, your foot forward, you know, it's a cold email and it actually was interesting enough for me to email back and uh, you blow it. It's so sad. Anyway, if you have a good story, if you have a good story to share, feedback at Doug.show. If you uh, dig these shows, uh, you know, leave a review. Uh, somewhere and tell a friend about it. Let them know if you think they may find this interesting. Maybe you know people in the health niche, maybe uh, a physical therapist or something like that. Let them check out this show. They can go check out Cody's site and all that stuff. I'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great day out there and uh, you know, exercise. Go for a walk. Do something fun.